Welcome back to another episode of House to House. It is your boy, Kyla. Across me as always, the guy who picked the pack of pickled peppers, Peter. So, I'm here with all the energy I can muster. Wow. <laughs> he still sounds quite soft. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate the effort, I'm Peter. I'm trying. Yeah, so Peter's feeling a bit under the weather, but he's really giving his best. Like, more than his best. So he's really trying. <laughs> And last but not least, the big bad boss, David Bay. Yo, I'm here trying my best too. Yeah. Uh, all of us, all of us are trying my best. When relatives ask, hey, what are you doing now? Uh? You answer my best. That's the only correct answer. Wow. <laughs> okay, uh, let's go into today's topic like right now because I think today's one will be quite, quite a hefty one. But before we start, today's topic was selected by our Telegram community. So thank you to everyone who voted in the poll. Um, there are other topics that were voted as well, and fret not, we'll be covering those in the future. If you want to participate in the voting process and have a say in deciding what you want to hear, join our Telegram channel. Just search Mortgage Master on the Telegram app and we'll see you there. Okay, today we'll be talking about the US increasing the interest rates in March, or rather this year, and why it's going to be such a big thing for... Well, the US, us, and basically, well, US, us in like two different sense, and basically the whole world, I guess. But I think before we try to understand what increasing the interest rates will do, let's try to understand why they are increasing it in the first place. So it's not really an increase, right? Because from what I read, the US Federal Reserve, aka the Feds, they just stopped the rates from increasing in 2020 when the panorama hit. So it's not really like an increase, increase, but it's just like a, resu- uh, like a resume kind of thing. Am I right to say that? Yeah, pretty much. So between 2016 and 2019, it was already a steady increase. So the US Fed had been close to zero for almost a decade. Mm. And then in 2016, they were like, okay, you know, I think the economy is growing again. I think it's safe to say that we can we can start raising interest rates, and they did that. So the it reaches peak at around twenty eighteen, early twenty nineteen. By by any chance, right? This um decision to increase the rates from twenty sixteen to twenty nineteen was it due to that the the current president at that time or? Uh, I mean, now it can get, it get a little political. I would see it because of my bias, I guess, is that, you know, after two terms of a democratic president, the, the country was finally able to get back on track, you know, to start building up their businesses again. And then, it's more uh, of like a right, right place, right time kind of thing. La. Yeah, so, so basically, again, my bias, I feel that um, democratic presidents tend to inherit a, a crappy economy and then have mm. to work hard to build it back up again only for a Republican president to therefore uh, take advantage of the good economy and, and you know, cause issues with it again. But right, okay, I, okay. that's my bias. I mean, uh, other people can just say this is a, the cyclical nature of interest rates. Okay, so yeah. he's getting political. Let's get yep. economical, right? Yep. Right. So interest rates rise, like, like Peter said, interest rates rise during an economic boom. Uh, interest rates will fall to encourage spending due to um, uh, due to due to a recession. 
So I just give you very simple icons, right? If interest rates are high, then I want you to save your money yeah. in the bank. So to encourage you to put money in the bank um, so that you know inflation will be less. If people spend money too overly, yes, the market moves, but if everybody's spending power increase, it also bleeds to an increase in inflation. But when, when the economy is bad and I put zero interest rates, why do you save your money in the bank at all? You may as well spend your money. So it's encouraging spending to move the economy when the economy is bad. That's just very mm. basic. Econs, we learned that. We learned that in like the first module or in JC already, right? But the world is so weird today. So in 18, 2019, 20, 2019, before the pandemic, the world was moving towards super boom like super economic boom, stock markets were at a peak and stuff. I mean, mm. I think they got higher, but like they were at were like crazy high. La. So interest rates were supposed to rise to curb that. Mm. Then the pandemic hit, then a recession is happening. So now interest rates, oh, sorry, now on the economy, all the markets are red, right? At least in the past one month. La. Don't say today is green, you know, like by the past one month it was red and it's, it's a sign of a drop. So normally when this point of time happens is when interest rates should drop, right? But interest rates still need to rise because inflation is a very big topic as well. Mm. Yeah. I think that's the whole like reason why they are doing the the interest rates, the increasing in interest rates right. now again, right? During a recession, you can let the economy correct itself and people get poor enough, all the you know, businesses die off, you know, stuff like that. You know, it, there's equilibrium where it's a circle of life, right? Some people mm. get eaten, some people get bigger, you know. It's, it's, it's like a hard reset new season kind of thing. Correct. Right? That's what any economic cycle happens uh, for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. However, when any country decides to print money, that leads to this problem. That's kicking the can down the road. Keeping your your administration looking good, but it kicks the can down the road to today. So now during a recession, you still need to raise interest rates. Isn't that an oxymoron? Isn't that weird? So as you can yeah. tell, I have some anger towards that, right? That's not letting the ecosystem reset. That is just pumping more money that was created from a printer so that you can look good. But 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road, when nobody else can look good anymore, they literally implode. So now I need to raise interest rates to stop inflation. But raising interest rates is contrary to what's happening in the economy right now. So what's going to happen? Don't know, let's see you all. Don't know, leave it up today. No wonder I feel economics in JC. God damn, this is some complicated stuff. But okay, uh, what well, I should have done, I should have, I should have did a pre-M at the start of the intro. Like, this is going to be very heavy on the economic concepts and everything. Yeah. Let's see how. Okay, so basically that is the backstory of why the US are like, you know, open quotation marks, increasing the interest rates because... It, it really, they are just like sort of resuming the interest rates like, in that sense. Yeah. So uh, let's go into more details now in, in about the what, the when, and why as to what they are raising, when they are raising, and why they are raising. So what are the rates that are, they, are, they are proposing? How much How much are they going to resume or increase this time? It's a multiple of quarters of 0.25%. So okay. right now, it's zero. Right now, it's zero. Uh. Yeah. Okay. It's been zero for about three years. So basically, uh, the Fed rate was was at about one percent mm-hmm. before you know before the panorama, mm. and then during the panorama, because of the very very uncertain nature of it, and 
you know, not sure how long it will last, not sure how much it will affect the economy. The decision was made to just drop the the pay rate to to zero. Damn, it's, it's a niche. It's like a nationwide zero percent installment plan kind of thing, uh, like zero interest rate, uh. I check. Uh, zero. It was already zero point two five. It it doesn't it doesn't drop to zero. Oh, uh, okay, but it was close to zero, like It was, the base was already at zero point two five. Yeah, yeah. Right. This okay. can go. So, okay, yeah. and then now they're gonna increase it to zero point five. The next one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what is the is there a cap where they will like they will decide to like stop or is it a see how situation kind of thing? It is a see how situation. Okay. Okay. Yep. I I guess that's fair enough. Okay, uh, so when are they starting to, to do the first raise, the first quarter when it's up to 0.5%? Uh, so the Fed meets several times during the year and it's, it is at these meetings that they decide when to increase if they, mm-hmm. if they, are, if they want, are going to increase. So the, the first meeting of the year is actually uh, the day after this recording goes up. Oh, 50, the day after the, this episode gets published? Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. I see. So that is when they will make all the decisions and announce like, okay, this will be the date that we are starting or whatever. All the details will come out, basically. So 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 they meet every year and every time they meet, they decide whether this is the time to increase the interest rate. So the, <laughs> we are expecting this to be the first time in three years that they are going to announce that they are going to increase the Fed rate. So in, okay. in the past, things have just basically said not, not the time to increase the Fed rate yet. But if anything, this will be the year that has the highest chance to be like, okay, we are starting things again. It's not highest chance. They literally say we are going to race. Oh, it's a 100% confirmation kind of thing already. Uh, you know, the US, they always say something and may not do it. So mm. there's no such thing as 100%. But they are quite desperate. La. If they still don't raise it, then obviously... They have to wait to the next year, right? Basically, No, the, they can raise anytime they want actually. La. But, uh. but it's... What credibility do they have left if they still mm. behave this way? True, true. And there was this headline that they said that, you know, other events that are happening in the world aren't going to stop them, right? Like, it's not going to deter them from increasing the rates or so. It seems like it, like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the rates, which is about 0.25% each quarter. And we know roughly when they are starting because they are going to meet in like four days' time. And then basically they're going to do the announcement then. Uh, and we've also covered the reason, right? We mentioned a bit just now early on in the segment where why they are raising this. It's because of inflation, right? Because uh, things, are, things are sort of getting back on track and, you know, raising the interest rates does help with the inflation. Yeah, it keeps inflation. Okay, so inflation is because people have too much money to spend. Mm. It's very basic, like Of course, it's not the full story, right? Mm. So if if today, let's say Starbucks is five dollars, right, and and there's only one cup left, so you it's five dollars. Kyler says five dollars. I tell Starbucks, hey, you make it five dollars ten cent, I pay lah. Then Kyler mm. tells Starbucks, you make it five dollars twenty cent lah. So in the end, Starbucks can make it five fifty and still have somebody buying the cup, right? Mm. It's a business. It's a capitalist society. Why? That's why inflation happens. So why do I need to keep it at five dollars? So, yeah. raising the interest rates will sort of deter some people. Uh, yes. And then, okay, so why inflation is bad, right? So, I just give you the example. So, now, Starbucks is earning more money. But other businesses are also raising prices, right? So, they're earning more money. They want the best waiters, waitresses. And so, now, I'm a waiter at Starbucks. I know that Burger King next door is going to pay me 10% higher salary. So, I'll go mm. there. And Starbucks wants to hire me. They need to keep me there. So, they need to raise my salary as well. 
As such, mm. I also got more spending power. As such, I will buy more expensive stuff. As such, Starbucks can increase the price of the coffee again, which can also help pay the salaries of the waiter. So it's just a vicious cycle. And Isn't when inflation... Yes. So when inflation like this happens, uh, it's bad. La. And actually, economically, countries with inflation rising like this are countries that print money. Mm, okay. <laughs> Uh, any coincidence? But of course, we don't get Zimbabwe or Venezuela levels yet la, in US. That's mm. extreme, extreme hyperinflation. Mm. So, But there's always that fear, right? And with US being the global currency still, not gold, not crypto, not renminbi, that is very worrying. Right. Okay, okay. So inflation is basically the main reason of why they are doing this. Like, can I ask actually, is there another potential side reason that Maybe more importantly, things are sort of going back to normal, like the, the, the pandemic is starting to slow down and everything. Because they, they also mentioned that, you know, like what inflation rates are like at 7%, but more importantly, like the unemployment rate is back to 3.9%, which is similar to pre, uh, pre-COVID levels. Is, is that another reason why they could possibly be like, okay, I think things are going back to where they were. So let's set the interest rates back to where they were. Like let's slowly reach there. Mm, I I don't know lah. Sometimes it's like Peter said. There's a lot of politics. Mm, Trump, okay. Trump didn't want the interest rates to increase. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. So we've basically covered the backstory, the and all the nitty gritty of like you know what what they're raising, when they're raising, why they're raising, and these kind of things. Let's just move into the the heavy duty segment of it. The, I think the more the important question is, will this increment of the interest rates affect Singapore? And if it does. How will it affect Singapore? So, first question, will it affect Singapore? Now? I think that's the question that everyone is worried about. Um, so, traditionally, the US Fed has always affected Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, back when we were using Cyber, the US Fed movements almost identically look the same as the Cyber movement. So, basically, Cyber anticipates the US Fed increases and then reacts a little slower to US Fed decreases. So, so definitely there is a correlation. The interesting thing is that now that we are on SORA, that now that Cyborg has more or less uh, been phased out, yeah. uh, not, not that it's been absolutely phased out, but um, banks are no longer offering Cyborg packages. So uh, now everything is a SORA-based package. SORA is actually more closely aligned with the US Fed rate movements. Oh, okay. it, only, it only moves when the US Fed rate moves. It only... It only increases when the US Fed rate increases. It only drops when the US Fed rate drops. There's no lag. There's no anticipation. It actually becomes a lot easier to predict in that sense. Um, yeah, Sora is backward-looking. Cyborg is forward-looking. So forward-looking means you predict. Sora is what happened last night. Uh, it's literally it's Singapore overnight yeah. rate mm-hmm. average. So it's last night one. What happened last night? So you cannot predict. You cannot... You cannot anyhow lah. Uh, yeah, but Cyborg, they, when they say predict, they still got lagged time also, right? So is it really a prediction or not? Uh, uh, but yeah, Cyborg it's... prediction, sometimes they predict and it doesn't come true. So it rolls for nothing and it dropped for nothing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So this is this will be more uh, more tight lah, basically with how the Feds are moving. Yeah. So, so basically now that we are on, now that most new, all new packages are on solar, um, we can expect you know, um, any increase in the Fed rate to also affect an increase in SOA. 
at around the same time. So there's no need to anticipate it in that sense. Mm. But it will happen now as soon as the Fed increases their rate. It will happen. Uh. Definitely, I think earliest is like next week or the next two weeks really, right? If they decide to like, hey, okay, you know what? Guess what? We are starting now. And then basically one night after, the day after, we're like, okay, it, it applies to us also already. Yeah, that's pretty much how you okay. it. Yeah. So we, we, we've gathered that it will affect Singapore definitely. And it's almost like a within 24 hours kind of situation. Let's move on to how it will affect Singapore because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think there are a lot of aspects and avenues where people will get affected, right? Like, different, they will get affected differently, like, like through various avenues. So, on, an, on a podcast called House to House, let's start with the housing loans. How mm. will housing loans get affected? So, if you're on a SOAR rate right now, you can expect your interest rates to go up. But how quickly it will go up depends on how quickly the US Fed rate increases their rates. So if you're if you're looking for fixed rates, it already went up because the banks price it in. Uh just 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 for clarification, what's the current fixed rate? Average fixed rate. Okay, so let's do a 800k loan. Lah, all right. Mm-hmm. So for private, it's the most expensive HGB loans and the average private loan size if you buy a 1.2 mil kind now, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, 1.6% two years, 1.65% two years fixed. 1.6% two years. Uh. So for a variable rate, right, basically a non-fixed rate, in two years' time, do you think that will reach around the same levels of 1.6 or really be higher or lower? Mm, yes. So so why do the banks have, in- why have the bank increased it to 1.65? So everything is relative. Huh? Let me mm. just explain my stand first. Huh? 1.65, in my opinion, is still lower than the norm. Okay? okay. However, everything is relative. Just last year in November, you can get 1.1 two years fix. Yeah. That's a massively lower than 1.65. Huh? It's like 30% lower or it's half a percent lower. Right? Just... Two weeks ago, you can get 1.35 two years fix. Two weeks ago. So, of course, relative to the 1.1, relative to the 135, 165, why so high? Well, I say in my opinion, because I've seen this for, been around for 10 years, more than 10 years, 1.8 yeah. is the norm. You don't compare it to the low, you don't compare it, compare it to the high. The highest is, I've seen is 2.65. Lah, okay? <laughs> so, you don't compare to the low, compare to the high, 165 is actually very good already. Okay, but then, of course, you just missed the boat to get the 1.12 years, the 1352 years. Mm. Now it's 165. Okay, so Sora rates now, with the spread being 0.8, you are going to get a rate of about 1.1% around there. Okay. All right? The prediction is that when you add Sora with this, at the end of everything, um, you're, going to, you're going to get, with Sora predicted to rise to 09 to 1%, your Sora rate is going to be 1.8 by the end of this year. That's the prediction. Okay. Right? If you are the bank and you know that prediction probably will come true, if I give you a fixed rate of 135 now, it's, it doesn't make sense. I can raise it to 165, you still take it because if the prediction comes true, by the end of the year, you are saving money. If the prediction You're still doesn't. Lower, right? Then the norm is. Yeah. Simple. I mean, the fixed rate is there to take the risk away from you, mm. but to give a premium from the bank to take the risk away from you. So if mm. today's Sora rates are 1.1, by the end of the year, it may be 1.8, 1.9%. I give you 165. We share the risk. Mm, because yep. if it runs to 1.9, the bank, lo- the bank lose out. But the bank is willing to do that because if it doesn't raise to 1.9, you lose out. 
for taking mm. the fixed rate. So it's a shared risk. And okay. that's why fixed rates are rising when the predictions of the rise are more and more evident. Right. Okay, okay. So you you, you also mentioned that um, the highest you've ever seen was what? 2.65%, right? A 2.65% three years fixed just happened in 2019 end year, 2020 January, just before uh, COVID happened in, in March, April. And the people who took that a bit sway, lah, basically. Yes. Yeah, because COVID, interest rates during the COVID uh, uh, But era. at that time, uh, Sora slash Cyborg was around 1.92%. Now yeah. it's 0.3, 0. 0.4%. Wow, okay. We, we have evidence that it has crossed the 2.6%, right? And I say 2.6% because that figure is also very important. Because whatever we are talking about now is regarding uh, bank housing loans. But HDB loan has always been around 2.6%. And we have evidence that bank loans have crossed that mark. So mm-hmm. I think firstly, do you think that it will ever pass 2.6% again? Maybe. I mean, mm. it it has to pass if it has to pass uh, its economic factors, right? Right. So if the economy so, is doing very well. Uh, basically. Correct. So you remember Peter said that like the Fed was thinking of increasing interest rates in 2019, 2020. Well, that thinking of increasing was really supposed to increase one, huh? but it mm. didn't happen, right? And that was why interest rates increased to 2.6 at that time. It's the same time. Yeah. It was the prediction. So, like I said, Cyborg is forward-looking. Fixed rates also have to be forward-looking. Right? If you're running the bank business, you have to predict what the future rates will be so that you can, like say, share the risk with the consumer and pair your fixed rate somewhere in between. They were thinking that fixed rates, may, uh, like the normal rates, may increase up to 3%. That's why fixed rates 2.6 is still doable, eh, if you think mm. about it from that point of view. Today, we think it will increase to close to 2, fixed rate 1.65. When they made the fixed rates 2.65, what were they thinking it would increase to? Right. So, so at that point of time, it was very, very possible. In fact, that's why I say whatever the US people say, sometimes may not come true, lah, you know? Mm. Uh, where will it pass 2.6? I'm not sure. But let me explain to you why the CPF versus bank loan, HDB loan versus bank loan has always been an interesting topic. I think the mm. 10 years average, you take the floating rate cyber, okay, because that has been used for 10 years. You throw it in there with a decent spread of like 0.6, 0.7%. 10 years average, less than 2% still. So technically a bank loan, 20 year average still less than 2% is still going to be lesser than the HDB loan. Mm, and why okay. does the HDB loan not pass 2.6%? Maybe it would have passed at that time, but it did not. The reason why is uh, the HCPF interest rates normally get announced for that year during the annual budget. The Singapore budget, right? Yeah. Peter, yeah. am I right? <laughs> you, you're more expert on that than me. So during yeah. the budget, it's normally after Chinese New Year. Um, if, However, every time during the budget time, right, interest rates already went back to normal. So, no need to increase one, in my opinion. Yeah. If, if imagine the budget was in December 2019, maybe it would have increased. It's just timing, mm. coincidental timing, in my opinion. Mm, okay. Yeah. If, let's say, I mean, bank housing loans do ever pass 2.6 again, will people be more enticed to then take a HDB loan? Like, it's, it, it should be like a non-consideration kind of thing they see like I mean bank rates I have to pay higher down payment plus I need to use cash plus now the interest rate is higher than HDB loan like shouldn't I just go for HDB loan instead 
Uh, no lah. So, like I said, if you use maths, you know, statistics don't lie, right? Mm. The past 20 years average, if you have taken a floating rate, not even a fixed rate, is lower than 2.6 by significant amount, like 2% or 1.9%. Mm. So, you just take the rate for the past 20 years, you don't care. You still save money compared to the HGB loan. And when I say 20 years, it includes when interest rates were 4 over percent in in uh, 2008, 2007 oh, wow. time, you know, okay. it includes that kind of high, uh, mm. very fair on uh, the, 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 the statistics. It includes the 2019 2.6 or so. Uh, it includes all that, yet it is still lower. So remember, you said just now, like, hey, when people, those who sign the 2.65, three years fix, they sway. Uh, mm. um, you know, you can't predict when you buy the house, when you need the loan. Mm. You also cannot predict the future. At that point of time, there was a lot of fear. Taking the 2.6 at that point of time was not wrong. There's no right or wrong. It's your choice based on your prediction. Of course, on hindsight, then you say, I am wrong. La. What happens if interest rates really increase? Mm. Right? Then you now, have been deemed like, oh, you're damn smart and everything, right? Correct. So at that time, if, like you said, people say, I am, I saw take HGB loan, it's safer, blah, blah, blah. It's exactly like that time in 2019. You take the 2.6% HGB loan and then market rectifies itself and then it drops so you can you are you are you wrong are you right no you can always refinance away from hgb at that point of time so there is no risk starting with the hgb loan taking a look at the market and deciding when to move in my in my opinion you definitely will move because i say 20 years history should repeat itself but at that point of time if outside was high risk just take the hgb loan first you can stay there for one year and then leave if 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 things go crazy, you can mm. stay there for two years and then leave if it's two years of reserve. But in my opinion, you will leave because bank rates will go back down. As long as the global economy power called USA that uses you and, and the world looks at USD um, as the global currency still, as long as they solve problems printing money, interest rates will always fall. It's the whole, it's all part and parcel of the economic cycle, uh, basically. No, it's it's part of manipulation of the economy. There's a bit of anger there, right? They print money. They print money, therefore they need to lower interest rates. But then mm-hmm. by printing money, you cause inflation, therefore you need to raise interest rates. Blah, blah, blah. Very, very, very weird. Yeah, but because they print money and they are the authority, it's the economy that says you, the inflation that says you need to raise interest rates. But they are the ones who still decide whether they want to raise or not. That's why they can say don't raise. Huh? So it's not a natural economic cycle. Like. It's like a synthetic economic cycle. Like. Yeah. It's mm. like, it's giving the keys to the, to the candy cupboard. To, mm. uh, it's like if you're an alcoholic and you open a pub, like, in, in my opinion. But that's very harsh. <laughs> But yeah, like, the, the idea is that yeah, you uh, basically there, there are too many ways to manipulate these things, and unfortunately, all the tools are being used. Like. Uh, you were you were mentioning that you know if basically in the comparison, right, across the twenty years average, bank loans still get you know overall a lower rate, and it's always safer to still take a HDB loan first, regardless of what the loan is, because you can always refinance out. You can there's always a way out basically if you take a HDB loan. Mm, yes and yes and no la. So okay. example HGB loan is two point six, right? You know that this is the weird part. 
But within two, three years' time, things will stabilize. It will go back to like 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. 20, yeah, it goes back to like boring times when everything is really stagnant. So you know HGB loan 2.6. You will, even if taking HGB loan, maybe you're one of those guys that I'm going to pay my 5% cash anyway because my CPF not enough. You know? Then you may as well just take a bank loan because you can lock in 1.655 years fixed, 1.95 years fixed. No matter what, it's lower than 2.6. Right? So it really depends. Mm. Okay, okay. So do you think this, um, you know, this sort of preem, like people know that they're going to raise it and they're going to raise it 0.25% each quarter and everything. Will this affect refinancing rates and how people view refinancing? Definitely. Okay. Um, one, two years ago, everybody's taking the Sora, the Cyber, the Sora, the Cyber. Uh, today, everybody is like, hey, Bay, I want, I want to take fixed rates. Hey, Mortgage Master, I want to take fixed rates. What are the fixed rates? Huh? Why so high now? Mm. I'm like, sir, high is relative. It's not really high. Like, mm. Okay, la, take, la, take, la. scared already. And this, because 2019 is not too far away, people remember the 2.6. Oh, yeah, 1.65, take, la. 1.8, oh, yeah, take, la, take, la. Get. So it does affect them. People are more willing to take fixed rates now than variable rates because of that fear. But we always have new generation of people coming in. Like mm. people who did not have a housing loan in 2019, did not buy a house then. They're like, oh yeah, Garang, oh, I take the lowest, I don't care. You know, it's really up to everybody's opinion. Right, okay. It, they, people, people are scared like, basically because of what happened over the past two, two plus years, right? They don't know. They do, it's the uncertainty, lah. That's why. Is it correct? So, so if you're afraid of the uncertainty in the market, then you mm. take the fixed rates to get the certainty of your rate, whether it's high, higher than normal, you still take, because it eliminates uncertainty. I see. Okay. Yeah. I guess. And that's why fixed rates are higher. You pay a premium to eliminate uncertainty. Do you think it will ever go back to because now you see like the, the sort of like the current meta right is a lot of people are looking for fixed rates because there are uncertainty. Do you think it will switch back to people where they have more risk appetite and they are more like willing to take the risk? Right. Like, uh, let's move back to like a variable rate kind of thing. I think ultimately, um, we gotta recognize that interest rates move in cycles. Mm. So, um, interest rates will go up and interest rates that have gone up will come down. Mm. Uh, Traditionally, we, we advise people in, an, in a rising interest rate, fixed rates make the most sense because mm. you, know, you want to mitigate the, the increase. In a falling interest rate environment, obviously, variable rates make more sense, which is why um, the smart people were the ones who, um, even at 2019, at the peak of the interest rate, were taking variable rates because as soon as, yep. you know, as, soon as Cyborg dropped, there since, is job as well. Yeah. Since Peter says smart people, let me tell you my story. La. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you know this is my job, right? Um, of course, during 2019, I am, it, all my friends, all my clients know that I am the most conservative advisor you will ever find. Mm. So they were also surprised when I said, take Cyborg in 2018, 2019, 2020, because it was rising. In 2019, especially, it was at the peak already at like 1.82%. Cyborg itself, I haven't done the plus portion yet. I say take Cyborg. At that point, you can get Cyborg rates at Cyborg plus 0.1 for the first year and ends up at Cyborg plus 0.3. So if Cyborg was 2%, you can end up with 2.3%. Mm-hmm. And people who listened to me took it. And by 
three months later, <laughs> no, six months later, 2020 June, Cyber was like below 1%. They were paying below 1%. And then until today, they are paying something like 05 0.6%. It's so cheap. Okay? And they think that I'm a genius. But of course, I told them the risk involved. Basically, at that point of time, you take this, Cyborg was already at the highest point. They feel that it won't rise higher. And fixed rates was 2.6, as I mentioned. Mm. So they dare to take the risk because it's already very high. What's the difference anyway? Well, the difference is Cyborg can go to 3.6. Uh. It was 3.6% in 2006. Uh, okay, <laughs> so that's another 1% more. Okay, but that's besides the point. They did not choose that, that decision. Now, remember I said nobody can tell time when you buy the house, when you refinance your loan. So I advise people to take the Cyborg plus 0.1 packages. But when it was time for me to refinance my loan, those packages didn't exist really because Cyborg mm-hmm. was dropping. I refinanced my loan in 2020, 20, um, March-ish. So Cyborg in April. So it was really dropping. I only got Cyborg plus 0.5, not 0.1. Mm-hmm. But I still enjoyed it. What? And Cyborg dropped to 0.4. I was paying 0.9% only. So, so you know, I couldn't time the best time, but I still take Cyber because I felt that the trend was dropping. Now, I bought a new house. Okay, so I sold the old house. The old package is gone. Uh, last year, interest rates was, I said, 1.1, right? If I told you I took 1.45 years fixed last year for my interest rates, I chose a interest rate package that's so much higher than the norm for five years fixed. If you do not know my story, you will think that I'm a mad guy. I'm stupid. Why the hell do I do that? In fact, how can the... CEO of Mortgage Master take 1.45 years fix when interest rates was 1.12, 1.12 years fix at the time. Mm. I fast forward one year later, literally one more month is one year later already. 1.45 years fix, you still have it or not now? <laughs> when like I say two years fix, no, it's not that I knew. I'm conservative and like Peter said, I believe it's a rising interest rate environment. Mm-hmm. So I'll be the most conservative it can be when it comes to fixed rates. When I believe it's a r- low dropping interest rates environment, I will just be more garang and take the floating rates. Ah. It yeah, may look. bite me sideways sometimes, but, you know, when, when I get bitten, I lose a little bit only. Mm. <laughs> when I win, I win a lot. <laughs> so that's the way I, I advise my clients to, to decide. Lah. It's still Choose the always, route, yeah, Calculated route. Lah. Calculated yeah. risk, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Alright. Yeah, 1.45 years fixed, man. Hey, uh, okay, like, I flexed a little bit. I flexed a little bit. Oh, just I literally, flexed. Like... <laughs> I literally <laughs> flexed my muscles yeah. while saying that. No one, no one's going to be offering a five-year fixed rate at this, you know, at this point in time. Your two years fixed rate is one six five, as I said. Yeah, one six five two years. Lim pay one point four five. And two years is the longest that banks are willing to to offer a fixed rate at this stage. Uh, because they are not sure. So even banks are unsure. Every right. bank removed their three years fixed rates as of mm. last week. Mm. Yeah, it's such a, it's such a, it sounds like such a volatile environment, right? Like, <laughs> of course, one day you don't know what's gonna happen. The next day, uh, next week, like everything will change really. Let's put it this way, Kyler. If if you, me, Peter are not sure, okay, if you and Peter are not sure, because and say it's a volatile, very unsure environment, that's that's normal. Right? That's why we have business, right? We are advisors, consultants, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. If I am not sure, a bit more risky. But then again, I am also one of just a human being. Mm. When the banks themselves are not sure. Yeah, they haven't <laughs> got problems. Right? That's, that's like the last sure, line right? of defense. Right? Yeah, yeah, they really are not sure. So, yeah. 
If okay. people not sure, take fix lah. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really up in the air lah. Then we'll have to see how things go lah in that sense. I think I think we'll probably get more clarity once they. I mean, they they sort of like. Publicly announce what their plans are and everything, right? It will probably yeah. give a clearer timeline of how they're gonna proceed with everything, and then basically the next day, how the banks like whatever packages they release, we we can interpret from there, lah. How do mm. you view it as? Okay. Sorry, just just yeah. just on that point. So, like you said, the Fed rate, the Fed has kind of projected, you know, how many increases they they're planning to do this year. Mm-hmm. So, most. Experts in inverted commas or most analysts think that it's between five to seven increases this year. Oof. Yeah, I didn't but know there were five to seven quarters in a year. <laughs> no, because they they, whenever they want to meet, yeah, lah. Uh, they are expected to meet from what I understand. They are expected to meet one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times this year. Damn. So okay. March, May, June, July, September, November, December. These are the, <laughs> the these are the meeting dates for the Fed rate. But the point is, until they actually meet, until they actually say we are going to raise the, the interest rate, we cannot say for sure that it will happen. Right. So we can anticipate that every time they meet this year, they are going to increase a bit. But until they actually meet, we cannot truly say for sure. Yeah. Right, because they might meet and then say, ah, you know what, it's like, we're not going to do it this time, but maybe next month, you never know these kind of things, right? Yeah, because, I mean, basically they do look at all the factors, right? Like, how the economy has progressed since the last race, mm. you know, whether it's whether it's actually helped or whether it's actually hurt the economy, you know. Has it managed to reduce inflation somewhat or has it actually, you know, uh, just hurt growth as a result? So, yeah, yeah every meeting is... Is a time for analysis, a time for decision making, and that's why although you know we expect them to increase it every time they meet this year, until they actually do meet, no one can really say for sure. And banks are well aware of that, and that's why no one wants to, you know, make a longer commitment beyond a two year. Yeah, and, espe- and especially when the last time they say they meet and they never meet, or they say they rise and never rise, and the whole world got punked. Yeah. Okay, so really, bankers no rest this year. La. They're going to meet seven more. Uh, yeah, they're scared la, because we're waiting, waiting, waiting. But then last time, the President Trump in the end made them change their words. Then this President even worse. We're waiting, waiting, waiting. Then his name is Python. <laughs> I need a dead joke in this episode. Yeah, you need a right? dead joke. <laughs> okay. yeah, you need a bad joke, not a dead joke. I don't get that right. Uh. <laughs> in Chinese means wait for nothing. Uh, okay. Um. So yeah, I think I think volatile is probably the app word for this whole situation, right? But do you all think that? I mean, because if banks don't even know, like what we said, that's basically like the 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 last line of like the last line of defense. Like if they don't know, then like really with the, with the army of right? analysts, analysts and stuff like that, they still yeah. cannot get. Right yeah, here, correct. Right? The experts don't even know, you know. Um. So if they don't know, people who want to buy houses might not know even more. So do you think this whole up in the air speculation, unpredictability, unexpectability, if that's even a word, will it deter demand for housing in Singapore? Yes and no. Okay. Yeah. You're asking me things I also don't know how to answer because I can see reasons why yes, I can see reasons why no. 
Okay, can I, then what is one reason for yes and what is one reason for no then? Okay, so I believe that demand will definitely decrease by very little when okay. interest rates increase because those okay. people who need to buy their first house still need to buy the first house. You cannot yeah. time when you need your house. That's true. You time, when you get married, when you have a kid and you need to leave, you don't want to live with your in-laws, you need your own house means you need your own house. <laughs> you tell your partner, hey, Vivi, wait, I think the market got a crash in seven years' time. We only get for house then, uh. Yeah, la, <laughs> a bit hard, right? So you cannot time that. You cannot time that. Yeah, or yeah, those yeah. people who are waiting for houses to buy, to save the money to buy a house their whole life, finally get this, then have to buy, have to buy. La. Okay, so, but, but it will still deter because those people who can live with their parents don't really need to buy it, will delay a little bit. So it will lower demand by a bit. Mm. I would definitely say, though, it would increase supply. Increase didn't ask about demand, housing. Uh. Okay, because investment, people who bought houses for investment, one of the things you want when you invest in a house is that the monthly installments are paid off by the rental. Mm. So rental yield is increasing these days. Uh. But you know, people who buy a house for investments, uh, these people are normally not the 30-year-olds, right? They're normally like the 45, the 50-year-olds with more money to buy the second house. La. Be- before 45, what you're going to do with your house when you have more money is that you buy a bigger house. You don't buy a second house yet. Ma. Your family mm. also expand, right? As much as your girth. Right? So you continue buying house. Uh, you only invest in the second property at 45, 50. When your loan tenor at 45, 50 years old is not 30 years, but 20 years, 20, 15 mm. years even the rising interest rates will cost a more will affect will affect your monthly installments a lot higher a lot more yeah. and with that they may not want to hold up hold on to their investment property they may just let it go mm. and then that's where supply will increase and when supply increase and demand even if it's just stagnates equates price drop it's about yeah. supply and demand right yeah yeah, okay. Because actually I was thinking like, because I was looking at it on the flip side of it. But because if interest rates increase, then you pay more interest, right? Essentially, it becomes more expensive. In my head, that would like lower the pool of people who can sort of pay. Like, that that, that was how I was thinking. Like, to, to be able to afford a house. Yeah. So, it, in my it head... Depends it depends on whether they, they price the interest rate increase into their, their payment. Like if you're already stretching yourself at this in this low interest rate environment, you know, that we can enjoy for the past two or three years, mm. then as soon as interest rates go up, you you know, you're screwed. Like, because you've already you know overextended yourself while the interest rates were low. Mm. But okay. if you are already willing to, you know, or if you are already capable of paying the high interest rate, you might not want to let go of it unless like basis you're unable to, you know, to offset your mortgage payment by your rental. On yeah. that note, right, where you mentioned that it's really like sort of factored in, do you think, uh, okay, okay, like uh, just a hypothetical situation, do you think that BTO costs, like the cost of BTO will be lowered to compensate with the increment of interest rates? Do you ever see that happening? I mean, I, I don't think so. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. When I, when I read, you know, so Kyla prepares these questions. And when I read this one, I laugh. And when 
I was a bit distracted just now when I when I heard the question again. I can't stop. <laughs> I mean, okay, you I never can... know, right? You never okay. know. Yeah, I'm laughing. I'm laughing yeah. from three different factors. Okay, but let Peter have his say first before I I tell you why why I'm laughing. Before yeah, the because... roast sessions begins. Okay, let's go. It's not, yeah, it's not so much a roast session. Right? It's, it's <laughs> just I mean the reality of the situation is that most people who apply for BTOs do take HDB loans. Most people mm-hmm. who apply for BTOs uh, do you know are already limited in terms of their MSR and their TDSR. Mm. All these factors are already in to already make it um, difficult for them to be to over, over leverage, to be overextended. And the HDB loan is already at 2.6%. So no matter how high bank loan rates go, they've actually never come close to 2.6% in the past you know, over in, a decade. In, in any three-year average, okay? It's yeah. lower than 2.6, yeah. Yeah, chances are you know, like anyone who's able to pay off a HGV loan is more than capable of paying off a bank loan, regardless of how high it gets. Unless we go back to, you know, like, like Bay was saying, 2006, where, you know, interest rates really did exceed 2.6% significantly. No, but and even, even then, then yes, even exactly, then you think the average is still lower. Correct. Like, eventually it fell down again. Eventually it, was, it went back below HGV loan rates. So if you can handle a HGB loan rate, in most circumstances, in, in 99% of the circumstances, I would say, you're more than able to handle a, a bank loan rate, no matter how volatile it gets. Right, okay, okay. Okay, okay, my turn, uh, my turn. Uh. Okay, Sorry, okay. Uh, the question uh, was not whether people can buy BTO. Uh. The question is, will it lower BTO cost? Yeah. Correct. <laughs> I cannot yeah, help yeah. myself. Okay, uh, firstly, I laughing the first factor I'm laughing at is Kyler. Okay? Hey, oh, no, just straight up when me, you, not even the question. You, yes, Kyler, <laughs> when you build a house, right? Right? That is raw material, steel, brick, manpower, that goes into the cost, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The housing cost is already subsidized by the government, lah. Yes. So they are, they actually technically they say they say they make a loss for every HDB they sell, huh? Correct. Okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. You think can lower more, no? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's one. Uh, I'm like, this boy never used brain, uh. They really make loss, uh. it, because there's raw material cost, ma. It's not the interest rates, right? It really okay, subsidized okay. for you. Subsidize more a bit more tough, lah. Okay, so that's one. Okay, okay. Uh, fine. Fair yeah. <laughs> Number two. Uh. Um. The government already, so it's the government lah. They already subsidize for you already. They can, they will not. They subsidize for you based on, I believe they they have their own way of formulating. But if I was part of the policies team, I will be saying that we cannot subsidize. We cannot make everybody five hundred every five room HGB flat four hundred k or five hundred k or six hundred k. It always mm. will be a subsidized price, a percentage of our cost, and mm. therefore. Uh, percentage of cost plus also the area, the land area, because you know the cost of building a five room flat at Rocho is the same cost as building the five room flat at Pinnacle. It's the same cost as building the five room flat in Pongo. So with the area location, additional cost there lah, because mm. you know they don't really count factor in the the cost of land. They own the land, mm. but, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so so I think the government will not do that for you, lah. And that's why I'm also laughing, like You think government so stupid, like interest rate increase, then PTO drop, and then Peter's fact, Peter's factor comes in, uh, but said in a different way. Interest rate cycle happens. Cannot mm. every time interest rates increase, 
this HGB go on, this BTO go on discount, then then when interest rates drop, ah, uh, it almost always be fair. Uh, if interest rates drop, right, can BTO cost increase? Mm-hmm. Cannot, right? Mm, yeah. Cannot, right? Yeah. So if interest rates increase, can BTO cost decrease? Cannot also, ma. Be mm. fair both ways, lah. Yeah. Mm. And this is exactly why I'm the mortgage noob in Mortgage Master. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. You uh, get that. Hey, 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 like I said, it was just a hypothetical situation, okay? From what I know is my friend asked me one and then I just proposed the question. Who said I come up with the question, huh? Mm. Mm. <laughs> good save, good save. <laughs> okay, okay. So, basically, sorry, uh, if you want a BTO and you are like astounded by the how much it costs now, no... No good news for you in that side, basically. Things are only going up from here on out. Okay, uh, I think we've sort of covered most of the things when it comes to housing loans. Am I right to say that? Is there anything that I might have missed out? Is there anything that you guys want to bring up regarding housing loans? Mm. If No? No. Yes. I mean, for, for me, that's just the last part, I, which is when in a low interest rate environment, the spread, the bank mm. spread of a housing loan is tend to be ridiculous. So just watch out for that. You know, like taking a available rate at this point in time while the spread is still relatively high is a bit dangerous because when the when SOA goes up, the spread, you know, will still remain high. Okay. So yeah, just take that into account. Yeah. Yeah, just take note of that basically. Okay. So yeah, that was quite a big chunk. And hey, you thought we were done? No, no, no. We still have we're more. Not. Yeah, we're uh, not. This, we, we've, told, <laughs> we've told you this is going to be a huge episode. This is going to be a long episode. But uh, we'll, we'll just try to... Because, I mean, we are house to house. We've covered basically the, 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 the bulk of it when it comes to housing. Um, I just want to talk about maybe some potential um, collateral damage. Not collateral damage. Lah. Uh, some other aspects that might get affected also. And uh, I think this we we go into more economic economic concepts over here. Um, we know that the whole umbrella of economics and finance is like un, like like what I said like under one big umbrella, right? So we are mortgage experts. But if either of you could also give us a general sense of what will happen to everything else in the financial world, I think that'll be quite good. Um, we we mentioned that one of the re- one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, why the interest rates are increasing is because of inflation. Um, you know, like they want to start in incentivizing. Is it in? Whoa, wait, brain not working. English not working. Is to incentivize, yeah. right, and to reward people to start saving and everything. How would that affect people with savings? How would how would that people how would that affect people with like investments and this kind of things? Like okay, like essentially, right? Okay, like I I think what we see because. Our our office is at Marymount, right? I don't know if you guys see it, but every time I take the MRT home at Bishan MRT, I see like stash away uh, ads, advertisements and banners. Uh, what's that? If I, when I go on TikTok, it's like scythe ads and everything. If people do save, do you think like with the introduction of these platforms uh, with like stash away and scythe, these kind of things, will this flourish because people turn to this to save instead, you know, these kind of things? Like how how will, what what is that one ripple in the pond that will start affecting the rest of the, the ocean and everything. Okay, so, so Choma, when, mm. when you say these brands and then you say safe, I mean, we're talking about two different things because technically, none of the, none of the funds that you put into any of these mm. uh, brands and accounts are savings. They are like investing, right? Is it? They are investments. They are ultimately still 
as in there is always a potential of losing what you put in. Mm, okay. I mean, in, like I'd say that even though, even, I mean, even banks are, you know, uh, do, do this kind of marketing strategy, right? Like they call their, their investment, their, their, um, their dollar cost averaging uh, a, a regular savings plan, mm. even though it's technically an investment. But, so so we got yeah okay. we got to make that distinction now because what's definitely going to increase interest rates are definitely going to increase if interest rates increase that means ideally savings accounts fixed savings accounts these will increase no fixed deposit savings accounts like like these are guaranteed investments so to speak like your you will always get your capital back and a guaranteed interest okay so those are, are are more to me votes are more savings than anything because the interest is guaranteed and you don't lose your, your principal lose your amount. Capital, basically. Yeah. Okay. Everything else is still ultimately an investment vehicle. Mm. Rising interest rates or falling interest rates does not make them, you know, any more enticing or anything. More enticing or less enticing. Mm. You know, it's it's dependent on how the stock markets are performing, you know, uh yeah, more economies and all that. And to be fair, yeah, I mean, you can see that in the past few months, you know, like the stock market hasn't been performing that well, uh, mm. to put it simply. Yeah. So even though there's a rising interest rate environment up ahead, that doesn't mean that, you know, the stock markets are going to get any better or any worse. Yeah. Right. So it's like two separate entities. Are they, are they like... Yeah, opinion, I think it's, safe, it's safest to, to make that distinction. Okay. Because... As soon as you start referring to them as savings accounts or you know saving of methods of saving, then you start mm. to blur the lines between a rising interest rate and which should benefit savings, right? And, okay. You know, and an investment uh, account or platform which technically should not be affected either way, like. Mm. Okay, that's fair. I I I think yeah, like clarification for me, and I think maybe some other people also is that. Uh, I mean, however they market themselves as, it's like at the end of the day, they're still more of investments instead of savings, lah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, but yeah, is there anything else in the financial umbrella, the economic umbrella that might get affected, um, due to the Fed's rising the interest rates? Do you do you all see any aspects that might uh like one part maybe become more expensive or one part? become cheaper, people might start going into one route where, you know, how to like maximize their money, how to maximize their profits or everything. There are no? two ways. Oh, okay. Yeah. One way is, okay, I don't know the confirmed way, so I'm not going to say it. Okay? okay. But the other way is to put your money with Mortgage Master okay? because we're going to be Unicorn. What Unicorn? What Unicorn? Oh my gosh. Unicorn boy. A million, a million. A billion, uh, a billion. A startup that's worth a billion dollars. That causes the billion dollar valuation. Oh my. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not, there's no, there's no bank anymore if I had to explain it, you know. Hi. <laughs> Can you get re- re- record, record, okay, re-record? Okay, okay, there are two ways to do it. One way I cannot say because, you know, it may or may not be right or wrong. The other way is to put your money with Mortgage Master because we will be a unicorn. Then, Kyler, you must react. Wow, you know, like, come on, ah. Okay, I react now, okay? Wow, it's a unicorn. Oh, <laughs> 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 
I realize that's the that's the most effective solution, right, to his bad dad jokes. It's like just... this is not a bad dad joke, eh. <laughs> This oh, sorry, is an ignorance of Kyla joke, eh? It's, sorry, it's just a bad joke. Sorry, let me correct myself. It's just a bad joke. It's just to like keep asking, like ask, like make make him explain himself. Then he'll like, he'll get deterred from it, Bruh. Okay, but yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah, I mean, this this episode is a huge chungus of information. We've dropped a lot of um terminology. You are a huge chungus. It's a huge chungus, bro. Do you know what a chungus is? Your face is a huge chungus. <laughs> yeah, but we've we've dropped a huge amount of like terminology, jargon, concepts, economic concepts and everything that might be hard to understand and like grasp at it. I mean, I for one can speak. I, I flunked economics and like learning, hearing all this is like, huh? Eh? Oh? It's like, what is happening and everything? So if you do have any questions like, I think firstly, feel free to, you know, to drop us a question. Email us at podcast at mortgagemaster.com.sg. Also, you can ask us on our Telegram channel. Alternatively, if you are looking to buy a, buy a home, buy, uh, looking to refinance, or basically looking for any mortgage, housing loan, for, uh, I was about to say financial advice, phew. If you're looking to seek any housing or mortgage advice, feel free to contact us at our website, mortgagemaster.com.sg. Like our... Yep. Our consultant team will be happily... We promise any big chungus of information will be said to you in layman terms. Everybody gets down. Yes. clarity. Everybody will get it correct. And in according to you, uh, tailored to your financial situation, it's not a, a default oh, answer where right. there's a script like, okay, you answer 1A, let's move on to 1B, that kind of thing. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay, yeah. Um, If there is nothing else, then I think we're going to call it an episode. Um, I think... Basically, Fred, not like I think when the announcement comes out, we'll probably be publishing an article breaking down everything, right? Peter, am I right to say that or yeah. no? Well, is Kyler writing the article? No, if no, no, he no, no, is, no. Because he's not rewriting the article, you can go and read it. Yeah, correct. If I don't write it, then you feel free to read it. <laughs> so much, so much anger. If you want more confusement, then read my version of it. I'll publish my version of it. But yeah, fair not when the announcement comes, we will be publishing an article breaking down everything into simple terms. We're going to list it out and everything. Basically explaining the effects and everything like probably. So yeah, do look out for that on our Telegram channel if you want to get notified on when that article gets published. Uh, more importantly, if you learn something or you enjoy what you're listening to, hey! Drop us a follow on our Spotify page and and not only follow but leave us a five-star review on our Spotify page. Yes, that is a new feature on Spotify. Um, I believe it is only for Spotify mobile users at this point. Uh, the Spotify doesn't really update their desktop version of the application. So yeah, uh, do drop us a five-star review. We would really appreciate that. That would help us a lot. Okay, if there is nothing else, do you have another bad joke you want to end us on? Naughty boy, don't talk to me. <laughs> okay, if nothing else, then we'll see you next week. Okay, everybody say bye. Hey, people say bye. <laughs> la, what <laughs> what la, hey, silence and eh, crickets at the end. Is Peter still there? Yes. Yeah, everybody say bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> see ya. Oh. Thank you.